What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Medoka! Hey, be, hey! We got breaking NFL news as we record this podcast. We're going to jump right into this show, John. Before we get well, to Urban get, Meyer. Let's get it on, baby. Urban. Take a couple years to relax. You don't need to wait a couple years to <sighs> dial it back. You go to ease.com, promo code HAM, or promo code HAM10. I think he could use some uh, some CBD, cannabis, ease.com, promo code HAM. I don't think they deliver in Jacksonville, but they definitely deliver in California, and maybe he has to do a couple more foxes and get delivery at the Fox lot. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Go do it right now. If you live in California, they deliver it to your house. They deliver it to your apartment. They deliver it to your condo. If you live in Intense City, they deliver it to Tent City. Wherever you are, if you got a phone, you just type it in, and they deliver it. Uh, I'd imagine if you listen to this, you don't live in Tent City. But ease.com, promo code HAM. Go get it on. You might. You never know. Well, I'll check the... Or HAM10 if you're a returning user. I'll check the analytics. You just got to be 21 or over. You get verified online in minutes. And then the delivery comes to you in minutes. It's as simple as that. I'm talking slow because I'm trying to think of a weed joke to make about the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I can't yeah. come up with one. <laughs> Urban <laughs> marijuana? <laughs> Uh, ease.com promo code ham topicals edibles pre-rolls vapes you name it ease.com promo code ham or ham 10 all right urban meyer to the jacksonville jaguars john we've been talking about what urban come back what urban come back what urban come back urban's back and he's in the nfl what do you think yeah i mean it's it's an incredible jolt to the league i mean they're getting one of the greatest college football coaches ever uh, it is a little weird when, like, when you think Urban Meyer, you think Florida and Ohio State. I mean, those are that's like who'd you coach in the pros? Oh, the Packers and the Cowboys. Like, I mean, those are historic powerhouse, just the big boys. And now, I still the NFL. There's only 32 of them, but he's going to the 32nd job in terms of relevance, in terms of importance. Like, you can shit on the Lions all day you want. They do every year plan Thanksgiving, you know, and they're a bigger market than Jacksonville. The way I look at a guy is he chose, and who knows, the the Chargers pursuit. I, I got that one a little red flagged, but it was clear the Jags pursuit, right? They're having him on the yacht with Tony and Chad. Uh, Tony's led a pretty normal life. And the Texas pursuit, which I think if we go back 
probably within five years, and it might have been a little longer, maybe a little less, when they were going all in, remember, on Nick Saban, and it was like, what are they going to offer him? And I've heard from people that, in the loop, that said like $100 million 10 years was on the table, right? Texas has huge money. That happened again within the last month, right? Before Tom Herman was announced that he was going to come back, it was like, Urban might take the Texas job. And anyone that follows college football went, if he takes a Texas job, regardless how weird it is there, he's going to win. And he's probably going to win a national. Like it was, there's no chance he doesn't win at Texas, right? Zero chance. Because it has similar setup to Ohio State, Florida. He would have crushed it. And to me, at the end of the day, maybe he chose that he doesn't want to recruit. And he, he went to Jacksonville, which in theory is a good job. Has the number one overall pick. Uh, I guess we'll probably get into his general manager. I don't know. Did you see that report? A guy named Trent Balky. I did see that. Well, I saw you tweet that. Yeah. I also saw Charlie <laughs> Strong could be his defensive coordinator. Obviously, as we're recording this, we don't know these other things. But Balky, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And so I guess Charlie Strong probably couldn't have been his defensive coordinator at Texas. But <laughs> yeah, I, I the way I look at it is he, he essentially chose Texas over Jacksonville. And other way around, but yeah. Yeah, other way, yeah, Jacksonville over Texas. And I'll give him credit for this. Texas, he just knows he would succeed there. Like, there's just no question. The Jacksonville thing is, I think everyone, well, he's like a Jimmy Johnson or, you know, what Harbaugh, whatever. There's still a huge risk, right, when you factor in. He's never coached in the pros. I'm, I'm getting texts from assistants going, bro, you think this is going to work? And then I'm like, I don't know, do you? He's like, well, he better, he better hire NFL assistants because there is – now, Urban is going to make a lot of money, but the other guys on the team are going to make a lot of money too, yeah. right? More than his other coaches. I, it's going to be a challenge, right? It's not, to me, a it's not a soft landing. Like It's going to be a pretty intense job for him. There's a learning curve. There's no doubt. I, I think one of the th- reasons I'd be optimistic about it is that Urban's calling card, what is Urban's calling card right now? Leadership? Yeah. Right. It's not urban coming with and the game has changed too. like now guys whose calling card is offense in college can transition to the NFL to some degree. But we'd say the leadership aspect is what Cliff Kingsbury lacks. And, and, you know, we've talked about it. We like Cliff, the guy. He's not a superficial coach necessarily, but the winning just was not it's not part of his background. Um, Urban has won. And you would say this for urban. He has won, even though his players. Well, he, he has won with high level players right at the college level those are players who you have to compete to recruit for you have to compete uh with the other big ego that you just like it's just part of the deal is the high-end guy so he has work with the high-end guy i think a few things in terms of the job opportunities one i'm with you on the chargers like you said there was probably some degree of using the chargers to get the jags to pay more money i when i thought about urban I think Urban Jacksonville's in the state of Florida. That feels more right for me than Urban spending all his time in LA. Urban's been spending time in LA on the Fox pregame show. And that doesn't he he feels like he would fit in Florida. And I think it's why he's going. I think it's part of the reason I agree, he's going. I, I would agree there. Also, the Chargers have a GM. So it would be that, that's just a different dynamic. And as yeah. you've brought up before, the Chargers' expectation now is look at all this talent we got. Let's go win 10 games and go to the playoffs. It's time to deliver. The Jags are in a different spot. Now, I've heard from somebody that Urban's plan, basically, as he wanted to come back to football this year, was somebody who knows Urban told me he basically wants to coach five years and then hand it off. And in college, one of the problems is if people think you're about to leave, 
they use it against you in recruiting. And Urban didn't want to deal with that. Urban didn't want to deal with sitting in a living room in year two telling a guy, I'm here for the long haul, when he knows in his heart he only wants to coach five years or something along those lines. So I do think that as one of the reasons made sense for the NFL. And I do think the stress level, while the NFL is very stressful, college is stressful in a different way in that you've got a million different bosses, right? Every booster thinks they can pop into your office at every time to give you their two cents. You're constantly recruiting. And from a recruiting standpoint, college football's only gotten more stressful since Urban left Ohio State. True. It was taxing when he was there. Now the portal is 24-7. You got to recruit the guys that are on your team to stay because someone else, some grassroots guy is always telling them like, oh, this other coach, could you could come start here. So I do think from that standpoint, it's it's a much greater stressor. Uh, and then like the other part of it, right, is just the challenge of can I can I do this? Can I make this work in the NFL? He does have the number one overall pick. Like if Trevor Lawrence is with a, Luck, with a with a with a quarterback that's viewed as a high level guy, so it's a double. Whammy, it's going right? to be hard to fail if Trevor Lawrence is Andrew Luck. You combine like Steve Spurrier took over Washington, but his quarterbacks were like. His guy, his college guys, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't think he takes his job if they don't have the number one overall pick and Trevor Lawrence or a top quarterback is not in the draft, right? It's a it's it's a perfect scenario. Like I I don't look at it going, well they have a bunch of cap space. Like that to me, we've seen time and time again. That's not the game changer. Is he he thinks he has a chance to get a generational quarterback and and then implement his leadership and their. For a team that won one game, like when you watch them, they do have talent, right? A couple years ago, they draft Josh Allen, Lavishka, DJ Charks, the little running back that they drafted. I think Robinson this year was a good, like they, they're not just some talentless, they have more talent than the Jets, for example, on their given roster. And then you factor in that they got two ones, uh, and they had, I guess the Seattle Rams game, I was thinking about this the other day, had pretty big implications for the Jets and the Jags, because one traded Jamal Adams and one traded Jalen Ramsey, mm. and both had their ones. So the Rams winning that game did make the pick a little shittier, but that's, you know, we're talking incremental changes between pick 22 and maybe 24. I, I, I just, this is a challenge for Urban, and I wonder if he goes, I have done this thing twice at Florida and Ohio State, and I, I proved my worth at both places. I have never, and, and listen, Say what you want about Saban. I think he went 15 and 17 in his two years in the pros. But at least he can say, I coached in the NFL multiple times, right? I was with Belichick as, an, as a defensive coordinator, and I was a head coach. I do think there's something, if you are a football coach, like that is your that is your profession, and you're that fucking good that you go, I've done it all, and, and, and I tried. Because and, I think a lot of NFL coaches never go, like Kyle Shanahan and McVay will never say to themselves, like, I got to try college. I do think the other way around, though, because they hear about some of the perks. And the perks used to be college going to the pros was money. Now, to me, the money's equal. And there are several head coaches in college that make more than a, than a decent amount of pro coaches, right? Well, think about this, John. Texas's new special team coach who they hired away from Alabama is making a million dollars. How many special teams coaches in the NFL make a million dollars? Yeah, I'd say, you know, maybe 10. You know, I mean, there are some, but not... I would say not everyone makes seven figures. Now, for example, every offensive and defensive coach, defensive coordinator, excuse me, in the pros makes over seven figures. Every defensive coach, I've told the average is like $2 million in D.C. So that's probably, like, it's it's more lucrative to make, 
you'd make one million if you're the coach at like Alabama, right? If you're the coordinator. But if you go to the Cowboys, you can make two and a half. So I that you see that a lot, right? Coordinators jump up for the money and, and maybe the next step. But I think he's just taking a swing. Like he got a chance. I, I wouldn't even call college football the minors because it's really hard. It's what Saban's doing is not easy. And Urban has beat Saban before multiple times. But I do think he thinks he gets to take just like a new swing at something that that maybe he views as a greater, maybe he doesn't, right? He he has a unique perspective because he would tell you Ohio State and Florida, that's a motherfucker to win. Now it's hard. Once you get it rolling, it looks easy. But I, Nick Saban would not say what they do is easy, right? No, no, no. And your crowds are bigger, right? The NFL, like I think he can make Jacksonville relevant on the NFL landscape. I think I do can. think it has a li- I do think it has a limited ceiling. You know, yeah. I mean, to me, but but in the NFL, like your ceiling is however many. You're games saying if you he's win. if he's if he's winning ten plus games every year, he's on Monday Night Football and everything a lot. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. And I think you, you yeah. really see. I, I you think so? Yeah, I do think so. Now a lot. What's a lot? I think if they're winning ten games, I because remember the Jags used to suck. They'd be on Thursday Night Football. Then they got good, and it was like, oh, I like one watching year. the Jags. Yeah, that one year. Yeah. But I do think he he can make the I I, I do. But think there is there is a hierarchy in the NFL, a little bit like college football, where the big boys and just the brands kind of sure. like and that, the Cowboys are bad. Difficult. They're still going to be relevant. But to me, the yeah. hierarchy comes into play when you're not as good. The best teams still get treated like the best teams. I think it is a little more of a meritocracy when you're winning games. Now, if you're average and the Giants have four wins and you have nine wins, yeah, the Giants still might get. But when you're winning 10, 11 games. We'll start to everyone starts talking like I think the like the Chargers are a bigger deal nationally than they are locally. The NFL is a national brand sport. And the way you get your attention is just by being because then it's like, well, if you have a chance of beating Tom Brady, if you have a chance of beating the best Andy Reid, you have a Titans Colts. They're playing a lot of big games in their division where I do give urban credit is he did not take the easy way. And again, the easy way is still difficult in this scenario the Jaguars is a difficult proposition, right? I don't. His legacy is set because he's won national championships. He's viewed as a great coach. This is risky, though. He has no guarantee to win. In his division, I think Mike Vrabel, if we did a coaching draft from scratch, I, I mean, I, I think you'd probably, not you, but the average guy would be surprised how many GMs he'd be in the mix like with the Kyles and the McVeighs, you know? Uh, you know, the offensive guys, he would be right there. Frank Reich, it's clear they know what the fuck they're doing in Indy, right? Yeah. Like that 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 program, the organization, it's just, it's solid. Now, they're not great, but they are way better than the Jags. I know the Jags beat them this year, but just in terms of talent and just winning every year. It's going to be difficult, guy. So I, I, I give him credit that way. Like this is a, this could go wrong for a guy that has had a lot of things on the football field. Go right. Now, the one area that he doesn't have to deal with anymore is the moral bullshit. I'm not saying he's going to talk any different about like leadership and stuff. I think a lot of people, and I know myself, looked at him kind of fraudulent with just what always went on in his program and the way he talked. Because part of it in college is like helping guys out. Most Even at a place like Florida, to half your team is not going to the pros, like setting them up for life. And that is real. Like you've been around college coaches that does matter to them because they are influencing humans' lives. Yep. Like they get to meet people while they're dating their future wife, or they get an internship, and they just kind of see their life, you know, kind of uh, kind of grow. And but they get it at the part where it's just germinating and starting to like kind of grow. 
And Urban was like, well, bro, you got a bunch of drug dealers and murderers. And it's like, come on. In the pros, he that none of that stuff matters. You know, no, no more life lessons. Which, if he still tries to push, I could see a lot of guys like, bro, I had this for four years when I right, played at USC right. or Texas. Like, leave I, me alone. I do wonder, like, one thing I've heard him say, I heard him say it on Fox this year, how much he stays in touch with his former players that are in the NFL. Right, so he hears from them what's working. He and he's talked about this. What what works? He's got a lot of them. He's got a lot of them. He's got a lot of them, and he hears what's working. And I do wonder. He's talked to all these guys. He's talked to all these guys. He's hearing what works in their organizations, and he thinks I do all those things. That's what I do. I can do those things. I'll tell you this: if I were the Jaguars, I would have hired Urban Meyer. I would have done. I agree. So yeah, it's risky for them, and it's risky for him, but. For their organization, I think it made a lot of sense. I, I think it would have made sense for a number of organizations. But for one, like they've had their coach was supposed to be fired, then he wasn't, and Coughlin, and it's just been a, let's get a guy. Now, his court, to your point, his coaching staff is going to matter here. But my, 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 my way too early take is I'll be surprised if he has the success he had in college. And I'm not talking just winning nonstop, but just like consistently getting the playoffs. If he does, if he were to like get the Jags in the next four or five years to a Super Bowl or something, He's going to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah. Like that, he does. I don't think he has much to lose, but he has a lot to gain. You know? I'll tell you this: I think Pete if Trevor went Lawrence to another had, level, if Trevor, yeah, you're right about that. And he was much better. They're kind of kind of similar. I mean, he created like yeah, they had a similar college resume, dominated top recruits. If Trevor Lawrence is a good football player, if Trevor Lawrence is what is anywhere near what people think he could be. It's not going to go really bad either. It's a low. Then it becomes a low floor job, and it's good for the league. Urban Meyer in the NFL. Yeah, the, the Jags. Got he's got the a brand, got he's got a new brand. Sweet. Yeah. The league. The league got more interesting. All right, you mentioned it earlier in our conversation about Urban Meyer, Trent Bulky, the pride of Bemidji State, resurfacing. Uh, I do think the way it ended in San Francisco covers up. Uh, how well it was going in the early to middle part of the bulky era. I what do you think? Bulky with Urban would that work? I think, uh, guy, that that's a good idea. <laughs> I forgot uh, about bulky voice. I forgot about bulky voice. Uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a big time prospect, and Urban Meyer just a great, great individual college coach. Remember the the 49ers, Ray McDonald was a Florida guy. When Balky was like kind of their assistant GM, I think they drafted him before he even became the GM. So I'm sure he he's known Urban Meyer for a long time. He was scouting probably when Urban was at Utah. Uh, listen, Urban Meyer is going to need someone with NFL experience to be his general manager. And I know, like you said, the Harbaugh divorce was ugly. Really ugly. Like, it was bad. The problem... Is, or I mean, but the reality of the situation was that a big reason, remember, that Jim Harbaugh came to the NFL was like he had this relationship with Trent Balky. Remember they like jogged? It worked. Yes, it did work. For, for three years, it wasn't a success. It was taking the league by storm. Their team was kicking everyone's ass. Those two were friends. Balky and Harbaugh had the jaw lines. It was like, God, these two, yeah. The Niners, hard, Balky, executive of the year, getting paid huge money, drafting pro bowlers. Drafting Alden Smith, and everyone's like, God, who's this Alden Smith guy? Two years later, he's got like 19 sacks. Like, Bulky's a genius. And then he went from being crazy guy that you know drove Harbaugh out of here and hired Tom Sula, which was a bad blemish on his resume. But 
he he does fit a lot of check marks that you know Urban Meyer needs, right? NFL experience, knows the league, knows how to scout, has had success as the boss, right? It's not like, well, can this guy be a GM? No, he's done it for a long period of time. I would also and guess they have a similar a Super Bowl taste team. in players. Yeah, tough, physical, big. That was always like when he hired Chip. We're like, this doesn't make any sense. Willing to take some risks. Willing to take some risks, both of them probably. Actually, that I didn't even think about that. That's a good fit. Because really, say what you want about Harbaugh and Balky, they looked at football the same way, right. right? Wanted to run, wanted big physical teams, wanted defensive teams. When you do think of Urban's teams, he wanted to kick the shit out of you physically. Like he, That's where him and Saban, I don't know, when you watch him play Michigan, you wouldn't know they think the same way about football. Who? Ohio oh, State. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I meant Jim. I meant, excuse me, Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. No, no, I know. Well, we just talked play. about. Yeah, anyway, keep going. Yeah. So I've interrupted you for. Okay. No, I, I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying about Harbaugh. Yeah. But he bring just, up, bring up Saban. Well, well, guy, maybe Jim Harbaugh misses a guy that can pick some players, right? You know, yeah, yeah actually, especially a quarterback. <laughs> I wonder, I would imagine, I don't, I'm just looking at. Balky's bio and Balky, by the way, has been with the Jaguar. He was with the Jaguars last year. Balky is technically their interim GM, so it's not like he'd be coming from nowhere. Um, maybe Balky was part of why. Maybe Balky was part of the connecting with Urban. We'll find out. I'm sure when he has his press conference. So I don't know. Maybe this. And happened we don't know after. for sure that Ur- that Balky's going to get this no, job. We don't. Maybe uh, it might have happened. But after there the there draft. have been rumblings about it, and I do think it. You start putting the piece together, it makes a little yeah. Sense. Who tweeted it on? Somebody tweeted on Wednesday. I saw you repost. Well, PFT, PFT tweeted some connections there, and that it it was trending that way. Now I've had an executive in the NFL told me that he would be surprised, but so I I, I don't I, I I would I think a lot of people will talk shit if it is announced. Trent Balky, but I I actually will go. I I get it. You know. And I, I think it could be successful. Yes. The Haberman and Middlecoff won't talk shit about it. Um, I, now, what I was going to say is I know normally if you look at a guy's resume, like Bulky came to the Niners in 05, that probably means after the 2005 draft, right? Um, but maybe not. He was the college scout. He was in Washington up to 04. My, what I'm getting at is Alex was drafted in 05 from Utah. Urban had coached Alex Smith. I wonder if they talked about Alex Smith back and honestly, if he was in Washington, they might have talked about Alex Smith. There's a chance they've known each other for a long period of time. Yeah. What was his What was his job? Do you have in in Washington? So he, I'll, I'll give you. He was the he was a personnel scout for the Jets from '98 to 2000. National scout '01 to '03 for Washington. College scouting director '04. So he, there's no chance that he didn't go into Utah then, right? Right. As a, yeah. I mean, Alex was one of the top prospects. I mean, he went number one, but just he was one of the top prospects that year in the draft. Yeah, for sure. And then 05, he's the West region scout. So if he got that job before the draft, he would have talked to Urban, but he probably didn't. So we talked to him as a member of the Washington. When did Urban go to Florida? 05? Uh, I'm uh, in my. Yeah, I think it was because Alex played. Yeah, because he won the national championship in 06. Yeah. So and then you're right from a from a player standpoint. um, Well, Urban needs a guy. I'd argue he needs a former GM because he's going to need some help, right? He is used to recruiting, which is just dramatically different than the draft process. Like they don't parallel each other at all. At all. One, you choose them. The other, they choose you. The other, you, there's agents involved. I mean, it's just completely different, right? You, you. I would say for as much emphasis is going to be put on as coaches, 
I think we've seen pretty consistently now, guys, make the kind of transition back and forth. I, coaches can coach. <laughs> that sounds kind of stupid, but if you're good, like Tony Elliott, who's at Clemson, the offensive coordinator, he'll eventually come to the pros and he'll probably be good. Joe Brady could do both, right? Most guys, if Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay coach Texas tomorrow, like they'd be good. Like coaches, good coaches can coach fucking anything. Hell, high school, right? It, so to me, though, if he just brought all of his college buddies, he's proven he can be on the right guys, right? His guys are good when they coach for him. And a big reason is that for him, you know, is because of him. I do think he's going to be really dependent. And maybe I'm biased because, you know, the scouting community. I, I do think he's going to be pretty dependent on that individual helping him out. Yeah. And just, you know, kind of teaching him, I don't know, some of the tricks of the trade that he's just not going to know. And I wonder, based on just the the his his medical history, if he'll he, he might be very open to that. We've talked about this with Robert Sala, right? Robert Sala, if he had his choice of any job, should be open to the possibility of not having quote unquote total personnel control if his GM is good, like Joe Douglas in the in, with the Jets, right? Urban should be open to the possibility that someone else can do a lot of the heavy lifting. It's part of why I think he's not in college because he doesn't have to be the point man on everything. Um, by the way, Carlos Hyde out of Ohio State in fourteen, bulky was the G. That was, that was a bulky pick with. Urban Meyer is the uh, head coach at Ohio State. Good so, call. Second I mean, round. and on and on and on. Like all the players, it's not just about the players they did draft, right? Think about all the guys you talked to who you never, your team never drafted them, John. Yeah. You know, you're your Sendejos. When, when 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 you first see the names together, it's like whoa, and then you start thinking about it, you're like, well, this guy was a GM in the league for a long period of time. He was a college scouting director. There was just no doubt in. Like once you just kind of start breaking it down, that they don't have a, at minimum, uh, they've talked several times. Let alone once you start talking several times, what eventually happens? You just develop a relationship. Think how many GMs and coaches that will never work together probably casually consider themselves friends. Right. Like yeah, I can call. Uh, like if you're just John Schneider, there's a decent chance that he considers twenty five Power Five college coaches. You know friendly acquaintances sure right sure that you just develop relationships with and then you just you end up like yeah i got a 10 year old son oh me too you just they're kind of similar ages you just start developing if you're in your 40s and other guys in their 40s and other guys in his 50s you're in your 50s what do you most talk the most about i don't know football <laughs> like it's just it's pretty easy to see like how you'd have a lot in common mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. talking shit about the media coming after you it's never good enough your fans like it just you do actually do it would be one of the, you know, unique. There's a, there's a small group of people that can actually relate to some of the things that you're going through, sure. and they'd be one of them. For sure. Each one complaining there's about. A, there's a, there's a chance they're really good friends. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that that bulky had something to do with the Jags being aggressive on Urban. Not that you would need somebody to push you there, but people forget it did the reports were that he had a big reason why Harbaugh and we already mentioned this but like remember he was one of the driving forces why Jim felt good because remember Jim was like turning down Miami not the U but the Dolphins mm -hmm. so it just don't sleep on bulky you know you think oh, I'm just a part two guy watching tape he's a pretty good politician guy draft Kings sign up with code ham get your shot at millions of dollars and your shot to take us out in the Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League. Download the app right now. Promo code HAM. We got weekly games till the Super Bowl in the NFL. 
We're going to have golf games going right now. The Sony opens this week. We got the AT&Ts here in a couple weeks. Then we got a big slate of uh, golf tournaments. You want to get in our games, easy way to you know potentially take our money. $10 a game. Uh, I- I'm not that good. Guy's a little bit better. He's won a few. But get on in. Compete against us. We... Uh, Again, we try to give you our money. If we just 10 bucks into the pot, you pick a team, you stay under the salary cap, daily fantasy, so you're never tied, you know, to an individual in any sport for the season. You can pivot and you can pivot fast, right? I'll tell and you, you can what. also, if you're not just in our games, but playing other games. I'm, uh, I've, I'm pretty ice cold. I've four straight rounds in the 40s, if you're counting my finishing positions. And that includes a wild card weekend that was a 50 person game. So I'm looking to bounce back this week in golf, John. Uh, just know this, everybody listening. I'm rooting for Kevin Kisner hard this week, but so are 22 percent of of our field. Who do you who do you need to carry you in DraftKings golf this week? Uh, Joaquin Neiman. Oh, uh, a- Abe answer. I, I kind of went Abe. with an international I like feel. I like it. I like honest Abe. Uh, you know Hunter Mahan. I always like to go with uh, my guy Hunter and uh, Brendan Todd. Just I just yeah, grown to like that. that. I just like that name, Brendan Todd. I like a guy with two first names. I like that he doesn't look really like he's he doesn't like everyone else has their clothes their neatly tailored golf attire. He just grabs something off the rack. It looks like something cash. Yeah, just just ready to go low. Let's go play some golf. Brennan Todd always looks to me, John, like he wasn't planning to play golf today, but it was a casual Friday day at the office, and then somebody was like, "Dude, you want to play golf?" He's like, "Actually, I got my clubs in the car. Let's play." As yeah. opposed to the guy who like slept, rubbed his clubs down with oil the night before, got his shirt tucked in perfect, all that. Brennan just looks like he came from a casual Friday lunch at uh, uh, Chevy's. He just came from tacos, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I actually think a decent amount of guys on the PGA Tour, like over 35, kind of have that vibe. Kuchar has that the vibe. Younger guy, the younger guys all look like, God, this guy just stop working out. So like much. the clothes don't fit like that off the rack at Golfsmith. No, they, they but, do not, but, especially when you have a little belly. But Brennan Todd's do. All right, Middlecoff, this is not just GM season. It's not just head coach season. It's also coordinator season. And uh, the Niners have a couple guys that we've been talking about now for a couple of years who are not coordinators, and you can't stop them from becoming coordinators. That's Young LaFleur and Mike McDaniel. feels like it's a matter of time before both of those guys are coaching somewhere else, doesn't it? Yeah, as offensive coordinators, because technically that's not what they do right now with Kyle Wright. So they would, I think they make a lot of money now. So it's, it wouldn't be, they might actually both make like seven figures and they deserve it. I mean, I, they are very, very highly thought of in the NFL, but if both those guys become coordinators, especially if one of them does for Robert Sala and maybe another guy goes with another coach, Arthur Smith, uh, the coach of Tennessee, the offensive coordinator who runs a Kyle like system in terms of the run game and just the play action stuff. You could see the amount of people running this offense almost double in an offseason. And I don't, it's, why would you not, like that to me, to an owner, hey, I'm going to run Kyle Shanahan, McVay, and LaFleur's offense is something that every owner wants. It's why Arthur Smith is interviewing interviewing for all these jobs, for sure. So uh, it's going to become very, very in vogue, which to me speaks to Kyle, like just inevitable. The more and more people do things, the more and more, defenses get a beat on stuff the more and more things just eventually slow down and you just keep pivoting which the one thing Kyle is very good at is always having additions to what he does yeah to me he's he's Andy Reid that way where it's just Andy feels like he does it sometimes just for fun like yeah I just want to run this sweet play that I thought of at 11 at night 
it's not based necessarily like on an offense. I mean, it is, but it's more just he does wrinkles to keep mixing it up. Kyle just adds wrinkles to his base plays that like he just has a true, true base offense. To me, Coach Reed, for example, is much more like, yeah, this is working now. We'll just throw it a bunch. Kyle's like wants to run the ball and everything off the 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 pass is play action, right? That that to me is the the crutch of the base of his offense. Uh Daniel Jeremiah tweeted on Wednesday. Interesting slub, uh, subplot to this hiring cycle is the race for assistant coaches. Multiple top candidates plan on running the Shanahan scheme. They will be competing for the same names to run the offense and uh, coach the O-line. This is what you're talking about. There was also a rap sheet report specifically that Mike McDaniel was a, a candidate to become the new offensive coordinator in Miami. So that's not even a new head coach. That's just Miami needs a new offensive coordinator. Um, so that's a specific name, right? But you're not even talking about the Niners are going to lose two coaches. You're talking about just more and more teams are running this offense. The more teams that run it, the more coordinators that run it for head coaches, the more coordinators that run it, and the more it succeeds, the more those guys become head coaches. And so this, I think, takes us to the next level of Kyle, which, like you said, he he evolves anyway. But what does Andy Reid have? Andy Reid has an elite, elite quarterback. The Packers, yeah. it's explosive. They have an elite quarterback. I think the more people that do it, and I think your point is like the more people that do it, the more people that spend time trying to figure out how to defend it, the more you have to be ready with your next pitch. And to me, it it, it puts a little more emphasis on the Niners needing uh, an elite quarterback. Uh, everyone needs an elite quarterback. We're not breaking news with that. But it does feel like with this offense, you can kind of get away with not emphasizing that as much. Whereas maybe the more the league does this, the more – the guys with the best quarterbacks will be able to elevate this offense. Well, I think one thing that the Josh Allen and Mahomes can do, regardless what they the game plan is going into that week, if they get into a position where they have to go four and five wide and just let the guy become like, you know, a Mike Leach like quarterback in the sense of just throwing it every down, they can do that without hesitation. And the Packers, for example, is the best example of this is Kyle's offense, but because and again, he's you're not going to find an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's one of the top. I mean, hell, when it's all said and done, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, could go down as like third or fourth best quarterback of all you time. Could ar- right? You could even argue, I think, if you were starting an organization from scratch, you would take Aaron Rodgers ahead of Tom Brady. At like 23 years old? Yeah, just you're going to get one of these quarterbacks for their career. Which one are you going to take? And yeah. then like whichever coach you have, like well, maybe like, you could well, win. Like Chris, Chris Sims has always been adamant that he was the guy. Like he's the, I don't he's think the it's crazy to say ever. Aaron's the greatest I, I quarterback to ever play the game. I don't either. And that's what I think helps LaFleur. Like, this offense works, but when you get into a pinch, what can happen? Like, I don't know, Rodgers bails you out. <laughs> like, just makes an incredible throw. And that's the one thing Kyle hasn't had with the 49ers. And it got him into somewhat of a pinch. Like, if they had a great quarterback, excuse let's not even go great. If they had, like, an above-average, like, Pro Bowl-level guy, they might blow the Chiefs out. Because remember, they were up 20-10. to 10. It's not like Jimmy was even doing that much. If they had a Pro Bowl-level guy, maybe they're up 30-10. to Because remember, the Chiefs were playing like dog shit. They were, they were just not good. Mahomes was off. They were there to kind of get killed. But the Niners, just, let's Jimmy put, wasn't as good. Let's put a name on it. If they had Matt Stafford. Yeah, they, they win that game. Assuming Matt Stafford yeah, had been their quarterback all year. I'm just saying like that whatever. level of yeah. player, right? Yes. Deshaun Watson, whoever. And you're just... You're the better team for the first three quarters. Dramatically, you're kicking their ass. And the other quarterback's throwing picks. So, I, I think we've just learned, like, Jimmy's average when he plays. You know, give or take. He can Sometimes be a little above and he can average. be a little below. But that's just kind of what he is. 
and they need to find a way to get a, a more talented guy because this offense is going to just get, when I say easier to stop, I just mean more teams are going to be comfortable seeing it. The one thing I notice immediately when you play this offense and a team like, you know, we prepared all week for it. And then the first couple drives is like play action, dump offs. You're like, God, guys are wide open in that little boot dump off and no one knows what they're doing. And if it's like Khalil Mack is on the other side, he's like chasing the guy down. It just, it just messes with you immediately. But if you see it every day in practice, if you, who do the Niners just dominate? It's the Rams. They run the same exact offense. The Packers that when I know this year was the Corona team, but they're comfortable playing that team. Because you are, you just become a product of your environment in the NFL. And who do you practice against every day? There ain't 800 people on an NFL roster. You end up going against ones on ones, even if it's kind of walkthroughy stuff. You just like, oh, that's what you just get a comfort level. I'll with. tell you this: if and this is we talked about this a lot. To your point on the Rams, if the Rams had a quarterback that could do some of the things that above average, plus plus type quarterbacks do. It would be a lot harder to stop to not. I don't know if the Niners would have the Rams number in the same way, the Rams offense number in the same way, right? I think part of it is they know exactly they know what's supposed to happen, and they know the quarterback can't hasn't been able to do a lot outside of what's supposed to happen. So, yeah. I think it's a I think it's a good example. Um, there's always there's always a reason to get a really good quarterback. You don't need a reason to get a really good quarterback, but the the one the one thing that will happen though, guy is that if all these guys go, right, Sala gets a job, brings a guy. One of the other guys, whoever McDaniel's little four, goes somewhere as well. Peters becomes the GM of Carolina. There'd be a lot of people out there that have a decent idea of what John and Kyle think about just the draft slash quarterback situation. Big picture. Even if they don't have the details and the draft boards, like they'd have a good idea. It's not like everything just stays in house this year. There'd right. just be a lot of information out there in the ether, right? Which I'd say makes it a little more challenging. They're just organically, people are going to know, you know, they're done on Jimmy. They, they they either want to get a young guy or do this. Like before, if all these guys had stayed, like last year, no one knows except those guys, right? Yeah, I mean, look, the two great elevate, yes. And the thing with Peters, we talked about this before, is like, God, he gets to leave before the draft. Um, but there, the deal, man. There, yeah, there, there's two great elevators in the sport. A great coach and a great quarterback. Like in terms of individual pieces, you can acquire and immediately change your franchise. Great coach and a great quarterback. Have an inordinate effect on your organization versus what any one other person can do for your organization. Yeah. They just got to find that guy. And whether it's the draft or whether it's trading for Stafford, We've been talking about this at nauseum, so it's not beating a you know we're kind of beating a dead horse at this time. Uh, but you, you can't like the more and more every day that goes by, like Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to be on this team. I, I I am very confident of that. I get more confident by the day. Maybe the more days that go by, there's somebody else who would want him too. Yeah, well, the more Patriots can get jobs. <laughs> the more Patriots and the more guys that run this offense go. Oh, I, you know I don't have a superstar, but maybe Jimmy. I can get him for a third round pick. He can come do that. Well, you're for right. Me. It it definitely makes him more valuable when his value. Would you say right now Jimmy Garoppolo's value in his NFL career is at an all time low? I would say that. Yes, lower yeah, than it was I last agree. off season. By by a the mile. problem is that everyone else watches the film too, John. Yeah, like we say about like, Tua. Well, you, you trade me a seven for Tua. It's like, uh, yeah, we watched him play, bro. <laughs> all right, so this was interesting. A little insight into uh, Justin Herbert. Because I think there's, I mean, for me, for sure, I've asked a lot of people this, especially people that covered him at Oregon, people that were around him in Oregon. 
Like, how does this happen? I know he was really good in college. He was clearly very skilled. But how does he go from, ah, he's trying to get him to take the next step, to bam, immediately blown up on the scene in the NFL? And there was a great article in The Athletic uh, by one of the uh, guys that covers the Chargers, the guy that covers the Chargers for uh, The Athletic named Daniel Popper. And he talked to a couple guys that train Herbert, like his personal quarterback coaches, John Beck. You remember John Beck, right? Yeah, BYU second round pick. Actually, just had to Google him. Who, like, dra- who, uh, who, who drafted? I think the Reds. The they were the Redskins the and the Washington Football That's Team. Right. Yeah. So check out this great quote from the uh, story. After Excuse, the Dolphins, the Dolphins. Oh, Dolphins. Okay, but he played for the football team, didn't he? Played for the football team. Yep. Uh, after a particularly impressive throw, Beck uh, and this is uh, Dado. The name on the in the story is the other the head of the quarterback um, company. We'd say Justin. I'll tell you right now. There's only five guys in the league that can make that throw. Justin would respond, really? Beck says he did not know that. And the one thing that I believe you need to know that about yourself is that you can do that. Aaron Rodgers knows it. Patrick Mahomes knows it. Josh Allen knows it. Matt Stafford, he knows that. Those guys know that. And that's an edge that it gives them, right? And we've all witnessed it this year. Some of the throws that Justin's made, not everybody can make those throws. I think that's a fantastic insight into... Why Justin Herbert a lot? It's not like occasionally makes these throws. Seems so much more confident making the throws that make him special. I, I I think like any super talented individual, especially when you're young, most people like even Tiger Woods, for example. I haven't watched the documentary yet, but I mean, we've all followed his life. He had someone constantly telling him how great he was. Like, people just, Tiger knew he was great. Yeah, his dad told him since, like, the moment he was one. And I think in team sports, most athletes tell you, I had a coach that really believed in me. And that that could be Peyton Manning to, what was it, like, David Cutcliffe to, you know, whoever. A position coach. Ask Devontae Adams. He raves about Keith Williams, a guy that I've known since Fresno State. Swears by him to this day. Who that guy believed in him when he was just a high school player at East Palo Alto. That. We're all humans, and you need someone to kind of prop you up. Justin Herbert, like, I, I think it's natural to be a college player and just go, am I good enough? Do I, Am I going to just hit the ground running, even if my physical tools are superior than the majority guys in the league? And the moment you do it a time or two, because you have to remember, the moment he got to the pros, Herbert, unlike Burrow, for example, who seems like he's really confident, but his dad's a coach. You know, and he was around Urban Meyer. Like, he's just been around a lot of people that I think prop you up. Herbert was not the starter. Herbert was actually told publicly, Anthony Lynn kept saying, he's not ready. He's not good enough. We have a better chance with Tyrod Taylor. If I put you or me in that situation, in Herbert's body, even if I am think I'm better, it's like, well, am I? Why won't they start me? And even if it's not self-doubt, it's like, well, he's the NFL coach. I guess I'm not ready for the NFL yet, right? You could think that. Even if it's not self-doubt. It might just be like, well, he's the coach. I he must know what NFL, what it takes. I'll, I'll wait and see. I mean, the other thing with Herbert, grew up in Eugene, played in Eugene, committed to Oregon very early. Committed to or- basically, Oregon offered him right after Nevada offered him. Herbert didn't go on this whole thing where he's going to Alabama, where he's going to Florida, where he's going to Ohio State. They're all telling him how great he is. So he grows up in Eugene. People are like, man, you're awesome. He's like, yeah, cool. I like being here at home. Then he plays there. So it's the same people that are telling him he's awesome that have always been telling. Nothing really changed like locally in his life, right? As opposed to, let's say, he grows up in Eugene. People are like, you're great. He's like, cool, thanks. Then he goes to Ohio State, and 
Ohio State, who he doesn't really know. Oregon was always very up close, personal to him. You go across the country, all of a sudden it's this whole other world that you've only seen on TV, and now they're telling you you're great? That might feel very different. You're right. I, I think that's a fantastic point. The other thing is, how do you know you're fast if you don't race against anybody else? You just you just run as fast as you run. Then you race somebody and you beat them. You're like, I'm faster than that person. Then you race 100 people. You beat them all. You're like, I'm faster than 100 people. Then you race 1,000 people. You win. You're like, shit, I'm really fast. Well, Herbert, I don't think Herbert did a lot of like the QB camps where here's all the other five-star guys and I'm beating them in Elite 11 stuff. I, so where were, his, where were his comparisons? Who was he comparing himself to? Other than I've just always thrown like this. This is how I throw, you know? So I, I think there's, you're right. I, I think there's a lot to just being told, hey, you're, I think no, there's like, some, you're different. The, the conference when he was there was down in the sense of he wasn't playing in that many games where he was the fifth ranked team against the third ranked team. I, I'd say his biggest game, it feels like in his career, obviously the Rose Bowl, but that, that, that game against Auburn was like kind of a marquee game and he made some big time plays in that game. Uh, but he didn't, it, it didn't feel like he has five Auburn games on his resume that had that many people watching it. His senior year was a big deal. Uh, but I, I just think there's something to people telling you how good you are that matter, right? Think how many people after every game came up to him, just a random guy on the other team, whether it's like a Patrick Peterson or a Honey Badger that just, bro, like that was, you're, you're the, like, I think you're a fucking good player. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that that I think can cultivate confidence. Didn't it happen with, did it happen with Mahomes after they played? Did Mahomes say something Did, to him after? Or remember that start? I mean, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I I, I don't know if he's on Twitter or not. But no, I think just I meant like in midfield. The, I think he said something oh, to him. I could be wrong yeah, about that. But you, you're talking the opening game because yeah, that was his first game. start against yeah. the Chiefs. W- wouldn't surprise me at all. Because remember that game it was like, damn, they got something here, and they ended up losing. Uh, I, yeah, I just it's more than just a like you need a coach to believe in you. I think there's something really powerful when you become a good player, when when your peers say it as well, you know. So you yeah. you get the double whammy. Your coach, your coach, when you're starting quarterback, is always going to try to prop you up. But when you're when your competitors, and then I think there's just a belief once you start doing it, right? That there is like you got to be careful with compliments. I mean, we get them in this business. I'm like, hey, I love the show, and you try not to make too much of it, but you also value like you know this guy likes what we're doing. Right. This if Richard Sherman's like, damn, this guy's really fucking good. Like that's it's like, you know, you don't want to read too much into it, but it's like, hey, Richard Sherman just said he thinks I'm a good player. Like there you start adding some of these up. I remember when we saw it with Derek early on in his career, and just some guys like, This guy's really talented. That's right. And, and it, it remember there James is something Jones to be said that. something really early after a Raiders I, practice, I think. And don't you think in the NFL where it's like there's a level of like everyone's pretty good, but like the, the there's a le- there's a differentiating kind of mark for compliments of just like yeah he's good you know the pre going into a week talking about a guy and like yeah this guy's a real deal man I was say, yeah that and there's also the when you play a national TV game and everyone's watching you and tweeting about you Herbert had so many moments that they weren't necessarily national TV games but he had so many throws that ended up on social media and. You know, now everyone's ta- everyone's reacting to those throws. Like not just you and me, but like the Richard Shermans of the did actually Sherman, yeah. Sherman that was Sherman was inactive, right? When he was complimenting Herbert. Um, so I, I think that's and then the other thing is like, here's Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's like, yeah, bro, great throw. Like, keep keep it up, right? Your teammates who you've grew up watching, whatever. So 
there's something to be said, um, I think, for all that stuff. And and then I think it's probably something to be said for you're playing an NFL game and the throws that you're making all work and they work and then they work again and then they work again and they keep working. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him next year, though. You know, I, th- I think people coming in, part of being a great player is doing it over and over. And his the amount of touchdowns he threw, he's going to have a new coach. Uh you know, the word regression gets thrown out fast if like all of a sudden he's not looking as good or mm-hmm. is going like there there is now tangible pressure on him to just maintain this level of play. Right. And when I say maintain, like you almost got to get better to maintain because you never stay the same because other people improve on the other side to learn how to play you. So you have to improve, which he naturally should do. But there is like there is a big spotlight on this guy. I think there's a bigger spotlight next year on Justin Herbert because we view the team as good. Then like Joe Burrow, for example, who's coming off an injury, his team sucks. He's just going to be like, you know, the bar's pretty low. I'd say of all the young players, like Herbert and Lawrence are going to just be really, really polarizing yeah. next year. Because Herbert, the pressure coming in, and then the hype on Well, Lawrence. nothing like, happens. I mean, those guys are... Nothing happens And depending on Tua's situation, sorry. like, is he good or bad? Nothing happens faster than, do we think you're a star quarterback? Are you a star quarterback? Yeah. We just made you a star quarterback. That's the fastest thing, I think, in sports, probably. You know? Probably used to be be that way with like aces in baseball, but now it's just that. Just are you a star yeah. quarterback? We think you might be a star quarterback. Um, the NBA the NBA does a lot with stars, you know, and most aren't. Yeah, and, and really most aren't in football, right? Right. No, most are not. Because part of being a star sense. quarterback is like, can you do it five straight years? Part of being a star is that there aren't many of you. That's the point of the star thing. Yeah. Now, how long until Howie Roseman and the Eagles interviewed John Beck uh, for the head coaching position? Like. All these guys People have are making private- fun of Kellen Moore guy. I, I think Kellen Moore is going to be a head coach. One. Well, he will. I'm just laughing at the idea of like all these guys have private quarterback coaches and yet the offensive coordinators are the ones that always get all the credit. When's a private quarterback coach going to get hired by a team as an OC? Hmm? That's what I'm waiting yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, it's probably net, but there's there's a big difference between being a private quarterback coach and running an offense. Yeah, I mean, you're a play right. caller. I'm just saying like it's just it's always it's I always laugh at like even baseball players like, oh, the pitching coach does fantastic work. And then it's like, man, how are you better? He's like, ah, work with my private pitching coach the whole offseason. Like, that's what guys always say. They always give their but private I don't think coaches a lot, all the credit. I, I don't think the difference is, for example, like in basketball, I think a lot of private coaches eventually want to get on staff. When you see private coaches in football that are like former quarterbacks, they know what goes into coaching staff. Oh, they got a good a thing going. I don't want to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, they don't. If you would you rather make two hundred thousand dollars and pick your time, or make five hundred thousand dollars but have the pressure and get fired, you know? Yeah, so, yeah and have to deal with the offensive line, the wide receivers. My, my guess is it ain't gonna happen. Also, parents of fifteen-year-old quarterback prospects probably open their checkbook a lot faster than uh, owners do. I bet there are some private quarterback coaches that go. I don't think anyone realizes how good my gig is. They just walk up to a park and be like, "Okay, I tell you, man, I think your kid's got something. Be happy to work with them." <laughs> Really, I, I'd go, I'd go right to the rich area. Right. Well, that. I mean, there's a reason. Quarterbacking gets expensive, John. Mybookie.ag promo code Ham One. That's where you bet on the NFL playoffs this weekend. We'll have uh, a picks video. Our picks are not on the podcast this week, John. Friday on our YouTube page, we will have our weekend picks out. So keep an eye out for that on Friday. Mybookie.ag promo code Ham One. Yep, you bet, you win, you get paid. Uh, but you got to win your bets. You know, mybookie.ag promo code ham one guy. We got Rams six and a half. We got the one dude hasn't practiced all week. So it's going to be the Jared Goff show. Ravens bills to me is the best game of the weekend. Ravens two and a half. 
kind of like that game. Browns, which you've been kind of, you know, 10 points. That's, that's an enormous line, you know, uh, and, and Bucks plus three. So we, we got a big slate. We only have four games, then two. That's six. Seven NFL games left, guy. Mm. Seven NFL games left. So you want to get your gamble on, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Get on it now. Use that uh, promo code. They'll match your first deposit 50% up to 1000 bucks. You can also decline the bonus because you accept the bonus. You have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw your winnings. Or, you know, either way, him one, though. We get paid, so we appreciate you uh, using that uh, promo code, whether you take the bonus or not. MyBookie.ag, promo code ham1. Uh, by the way, you just saw some breaking news. Who's hiring somebody? The Panthers? One of, one of the Seattle guys is uh, Scott Fitter is going to uh, the Carolina Panthers to be their next general manager. And he's been a guy, I think the Niners have interviewed him before. He's interviewed for a bunch of jobs. Yep. He's been Schneider's. That kind of crew of Schneider guys have been interviewing, kind of like Patton, who became the Broncos. The there, there's been the there's been the name of those three or four guys, even above I'd say Adam Peters, that have been in the GM circuit. Feels for like the last five years that any time a GM job comes open, like the same three or four guys like legitimately interview. And it's hard, always hard to tell. Like, do they get offered? Do they stay? Because sometimes the jobs are bad. This year it felt like guys were ready to like make plunges. Right, ton of GM jobs open. Like. It's my time to shine. Right. And it's like, damn, Adam Peters did feel like he was going to leave. You know, I'll have to do some research whether he was really wanted the job. But he, he did go to the second wave of interviews where it came between him and this guy from Seattle. So I would you go to a second round of interviews if you didn't want a job? If Just in your own personal experience? Yeah. Like, I don't think you would. You think so? For a raise? Just for the, for the, to me, it'd be as simple as like, are these on Zoom? Am I going to fly there? The ex- no, he flew that. He flew. The, he flew there. So the, ex- the second round interview. Yeah. So to me, it's just the experience of that because he might the next time he sits down in front of somebody, it might be for a job he really wants, right? So I would do it. I think. I think depend depends. Like yeah. you talk yourself into like, ah, this might be worth exploring. That's what you got to tell yourself. I think. Um, mm-hmm. So the Lions are hiring the Rams director of college scouting, Brad Holmes. So that job's out. The Falcons hiring the Saints VP uh, for pro personnel, Terry Fontenot. Well, I guess we'll see with the Jags, um, but I think that's that's it, right? You shut Adam Peters shut out of yeah. job, which look like you said, some of these guys like George Patton was a guy the Niners talked about a few years ago. Our guy, your guy, Lewis Riddick. This is more of an Adam Peters thing. We did wonder like what's going to happen. What if Adam Peters watched Zach Wilson a lot? Then he leaves. So his potential uh, the uh, the Broncos job felt like one. Um, but as we said, George Patton took that one. So it is the Niners gain, at least for another year. And we'll see if it happens with Salah, too. Doesn't feel like it's going to happen with Salah, but it could. It's a reminder. Yeah, I mean, the the Jets feel like the spot where Salah is either going to land or not land. Because you never know, like, would Holmes, this new GM in in with the Lions, want Robert Salah? There's no guarantee. Uh, the one thing about going to Carolina for Adam Peters, and this, I wonder, leaves a little apprehension, I don't know if it's the right word, but just leaves a little pause. You're not truly in charge, right? They have a coach that's on like a 15-year, $150 million contract, right? Who's? I mean, in all seriousness, it's not quite the Gruden deal, but it was like 70 for 70 or 7 for 70 or something. It was enormous or 7, maybe it was 7 for 65. Remember, it was, it was huge, 90 year. Like that guy's got the juice. Yeah. Like even though the Jaguars don't officially, once Urban Signs have a GM, Urban has the juice. Right. Like, Balky, ultimately, if he gets the job, will answer to him. 
that's what made the Denver job pretty unique. That was like, well, that guy's going to get to choose a bunch of stuff. And you saw he got a six-year deal. I wonder if Adam Peters went, well, as you see, I think more and more GM jobs are just going to come open now. Uh, maybe I can get a job one day where I get to pick the coach. Yeah. Right. And I, I've got a pretty good gig. I make a lot of money with the Niners. We're good. I have a good coach. I have a good working relationship with my quote unquote boss. Even though it's like John Lynch is his boss, it does feel it's in a weird way like they're equals, right? Mm-hmm. The way we talk about Adam Peters. Like they they got Adam Peters like uh he's doing the grunt work. Yep. Like Draymond isn't the star on the Warriors, but the Warriors cannot win without Draymond. Draymond gets his right? credit. And Adam Peters gets <laughs> yeah. his credit. Yeah. Not that <laughs> yeah. he's necessary from what you've told it doesn't sound like he's the guy who's necessarily after the credit, but Nonetheless, he has his influence in the draft room. He watches the team and knows I put my fingerprint on that group, right? Yeah, and, and he, like Fitterer, like I would say definitely General Patton with the Vikings, who's now the Bronco coach, he is your Broncos GM. Adam Peters, I would say, moving forward, is the number one guy on the market. Like just of the guys that haven't become GMs, wouldn't you say? That after, because... I, I, Ballard was that guy forever. And General Patton, it felt like, was right behind him. Guy, I read a couple articles on General Patton, a.k.a. George Patton. Does not look like General Patton. The glowing reviews are like unknown sources from Minnesota like this guy. He could have been a GM five years ago. He's the highest character. He's not a self-promoter. Best evaluator on our staff. Just one after another. Like, this guy is beloved. It's like, God damn, how'd this guy not get a job? His references sound amazing. Yeah. Gudekins was another guy who was in that kind of felt like, remember the Niners interviewed him a few years ago? He just became the Packers GM. Uh, yep. So he didn't have to move. That was another name. Elliot Wolf was like that for a while, but then he didn't get the Packer GM, and then he kind of fell off a cliff. There is something to be said, and coaches are big on, big on this. It's why they always like, why did that coach take that job? Is striking while the iron's hot. Yeah. And just taking advantage of your situation. Say, and then in a, in a weird way, controlling your own destiny. I'd say Lewis Riddick's in the category of every year he's in the mix, right? Yeah. So. I'd say for all the guys not, quote unquote, in the NFL, he's the number one candidate that way. Right. Like, how's he going to stop getting GM interviews? Yeah, it feels like it's bound to happen. All right, so there's just one that we saw that note before we uh, finished up the podcast. Wanted to get that in. John Lynch can rejoice. John Lynch can rejoice. And Kyle I don't have to watch as much tape now. Woo! And gra- <laughs> and uh, the Peters, uh, his grand, his uh, his kids' grandparents. No, they're not moving away. That's always a big deal for grandparents. I did just get a text from someone with the Niners. I said, "Damn, Peters didn't get the Carolina gig." Response: I don't know if that's accurate. So you just, you never know. All right. I mean, Rap Sheet, rap sheet was saying it. We'll, we'll see. Keep an eye. On that note, time to eat. Time to eat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.